I'm Helen Anderson and I played the character of Fiona who started out as Fiona Hoddle and became Fiona Pierce. Uh, and I first appeared, I think it was in series 10 and I stayed till the end, series 14. So uh, eventually appeared across five series. Yeah, no idea how many people were seen uh, for my role. Um, but I just got invited to audition. I went down to Long Lane Studios, I think, to meet Corinne Rodriguez, who was the casting director back in those days. And initially it was just to appear in two episodes. So they had a, a little story uh, for Jeff Pierce. And it was just meant to be, I think, originally just a little story about him, you know, meeting this woman and he could have been in with a chance, but he was a bit too backward in coming forward. And so nothing came of it. You know, it was a kind of wah, wah, wah little story. Um, and uh, yeah. And then following that, they something that they liked about the dynamic between the characters. And so I was invited back again in series 11 and it went and it carried on from there. Fiona, I mean, later on, she went through a bit of a character transplant, but the original setup was that she was an engineer and she was uh, doing a, re she was researching and developing uh, a new kind of siren. Um, and so the idea was that she came to test out this new quieter siren on the pump ladder which was one of the appliances, you know, that Blue Watch used. And uh, yes, never call, it, never, never call it a fire engine. I learned that. that. That was practically the first thing I learned when I joined London's Burning. Um, so that was the setup. So she was testing out this siren. And so she was out riding around in the appliance with them um, and with Jeff, obviously, on board. Um, and then I think uh, a call, there was an emergency call came in. And so I was involved in a shout, the one and only time, I think, actually, that I was involved in a shout at, uh, at the Cutty Sark at Greenwich. I think I have a bit of a vague memory of this, but it was to do with a, a protester or an activist who'd climbed into the rigging of the Cutty Sark and then got into difficulties and needed rescuing. Um, so it was all quite exciting. And then she kind of, she hung around a bit more until she'd sort of finished her work on the siren and then just sort of packed up to leave. And that was the moment at which Jeffrey could have, could have, but didn't. And so she disappeared off. And then I can't remember what the excuse was for bringing her back uh, in the next series. But she, uh, as I remember it, she was kind of making, she was making the running a bit. And then they had a very kind of bumpy courtship all through series 11 and then finally tied the knot in series 12. So, yeah, it was it was quite a long drawn out. Will they won't they process? I think when they introduced Fiona, it was because poor old Pierce. Uh, yeah, his previous wife had left him. And so he was he was in the doldrums a bit. I think his character had become quite grumpy he was not the most popular amongst the rest of the watch he had this nickname poison because well Michael Garner will be able to tell you lovely Michael Garner will tell you about this in much more detail but as I understand it he was a bit of a one for spreading malicious rumor and gossip so um yeah not the most popular guy and I think introducing the character of Fiona 
sort of provided an opportunity to soften his character a little bit um, without entirely losing sight of, of what else was going on in his personality. But it, it kind of gave a chance for him to show another side of himself. And um, there were quite a lot of comedic moments as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was just, as always on that show, they were looking for opportunities to kind of enrich the characters, to add more layers to them, to make them more complex, which is what also kept it interesting for the actors, I think, as well, um, just having new, new sides of the characters to play. So, yes, and then by the time uh, series 13, Jeff and Fiona had a baby, so that brought out his paternal side as well. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, just just really helped to, to shift his character a little bit. Uh, what was really interesting was that as a, a sort of semi-regular character, most of the time you, f you felt slightly shut out of the main action. You know, you were very aware <laughs> that the Blue Watch members were going off and doing all these really exciting things and... Uh, and the rest of us were largely confined to the domestic sphere. As I briefly mentioned earlier, Fiona, have, having been introduced as, this, uh, as an engineer, quite a kind of go-getting uh, personality, once she became a semi-regular character, with absolutely no explanation at all, she was transmogrified into an English teacher who taught adult education classes. And this was never commented on or explained in any way. It was just obviously for some reason, they felt that to keep her as an engineer would have um, represented a, a clash. It might've been confusing for the audience in some way. So they had to kind of keep her separate. <laughs> and um, so, they, so they, altered, they altered that about her in order to, to make it better fit in. So there was a slight divide. It wasn't exactly an us and them situation, but you were very aware of being part of the part of the domestic world of the show, rather than where the real sort of nitty gritty and drama of it was. Um, just occasionally, we would we would kind of slightly overlap with a shout situation. I felt pleased that I'd had that initial experience of it at least when Fiona was living a different life, um, so I'd seen a little bit of that action, but. On the other hand, you were also aware that for the main cast members, sometimes it was a bit of a relief to be filming the quieter domestic scenes. You know, it was a it was a bit of a rest for them. And as we've said, a chance for them to show other sides of their characters. So yeah, I think you were always just very aware that you were kind of facilitating. You were always kind of facilitating those characters. That was your kind of main job, really. And the first few series that I did was when uh, London's Burning was still based um, at the studios in Borough. Um, and I, I think that there was an actual house that we used to go to. In my memory, it was somewhere in Wanstead, I think. There was a house that was like the Pierce's house. And so if there was a scene in the kitchen or the lounge, uh, we would do it there or in the back garden or whatever and then later on I, uh, there was a move the whole thing shifted to three mills studios in bow and I think there there was a lot more space we had actual sort of mock-ups we had sets for the interiors of houses there um, and that was where a lot of my stuff was done but then uh, 
there were also locations for, you know, if they needed a, a scene in a restaurant, for example, My Hen Night was filmed at a quite, what was then a quite a famous restaurant on the old Kent Road, a Chinese restaurant where the owner used to dress up and do Elvis impersonations. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it was a, it was a, it was a real landmark. Um, and then the wedding was filmed at Blackheath, Royal Blackheath Golf Club. And, uh, and there were other things that were filmed around sort of southeast London, around Peckham and Docklands area as well. Um, so my stuff was split really between mostly in the studio in the later years for the domestic stuff, but then the occasional quite nice locations. Yeah, it was, and that, it, that was part of the fun of it, really. There was, there was quite a lot of variety. Jeffrey Pierce, of course, I have to. How could I not? Michael, who's absolutely, he's just a wonderful actor, really, and a really, really clever screen actor. And he was just a joy, an absolute joy to work with. And, uh, and also to kind of watch him working was really a kind of education for me. And... Um, yeah, uh, and also just as a as a character as well, you know, I I just thought I thought he was fabulous, and because he did have there was such complex complexity to him, with so many different aspects to his character, the whole relationship with his dog as well. Do you remember the with Bruno the dog and all of that? But that was um, was always quite tricky filming days with Bruno the dog, but he <laughs> he handled it very very well, but. Yeah, I think he was, he was my favourite character. Yeah, Baby Eve, that was, um, yes, that was quite a surprise. <laughs> um, they decided to, to really, you know, uh, go the whole nine yards with all of that. What do I remember about it? What I remember most was that they, uh, they actually found a baby who was, I think, less than a day old the first time that we filmed with her which was so, I mean, it was so um, moving <laughs> uh, to kind of, to have that baby. And also the idea that these new parents had entrusted us with their absolute newborn child. I, I found it absolutely extraordinary that anybody would do that, but they, they did, they trusted us. And um, I also remember later on, how upsetting it used to be if the baby, if the baby was required to cry for the sake of the scene, but the baby was placid. And they used to have to sort of splash cold water on her back or, you know, there were little tricks that they used. Actually rather like, I have to say, rather like Bruno the dog and the kind of, you know, the sausages behind the back and all of that. There, is, there are similar tricks with babies I came to, I came to learn to get them to do the right thing at the right time. But, um, yeah, but most of the time, the baby that we had, she was, yeah, she was absolutely good as gold. But I, yeah, terrible sort of sense of responsibility to have this fragile, tiny little thing, you know, in your arms. So, um, yeah, and I think, oh, I, I, I've probably blanked, as with real childbirth, I've probably blanked it out of my mind. But there was some terrible, you know, childbirth acting. There was some terrible kind of moaning and groaning and screaming and shouting about that and just to complicate matters between Fiona and Pierce which they of course were always <laughs> they were always looking to do um there was a period of, of deep misunderstanding I think Pierce thought that 
suspected Fiona of having an affair or something. Again, my memory of it is vague, but because she kept sort of disappearing, then he saw her with this young girl. And of course, it turned out to be um, this beautiful daughter who she had she had given up at birth uh, from a previous relationship. She'd given her up at birth for adoption uh, and they had just found each other again. Um, and uh, was a lovely actor, Heather J. Jones, who played Zoe. She was great and she kind of fitted right in. And uh, in the end, we became, she became part of the Pierce family. Um, and it was all, and it was all happy. But yeah, of course, it, none of these things can be smooth sailing. There'd be no point having them even in the story if they were. <laughs> and I don't remember what the upshot of that was, but what I do remember really clearly was that, um, Bruno was one of the most popular characters on the show. You know, they used to regularly have these focus group things. They were always, you know, quite rightly, very keen on finding out what their target, target audience was thinking and what they were liking and what they weren't liking. And in these focus group things, Bruno would regularly come, you know, right near the top of the list of people's favourites. And then I don't know what happened. I suspect that the that Bruno got a bit above himself and decided to ask for too much money or something, but they decided to kill Bruno off. And unfortunately it was Fiona who was given, <laughs> who, was, uh, who was the one who had to find him, you know, dead in his basket and then sort of deal with the situation. And I remember at the time just being really nervous that it would sort of turn the audience against me, <laughs> that I would be somehow blamed for the death of Bruno. But you're absolutely right about the allergy thing. And I can't remember what the upshot of that was. In a way, it was like kind of one great long sort of arc for me, you know, which was about which was about the relationship with Pierce and how that progressed and how it hiccuped and, and how it resolved. Um, but the other thing that I really, really liked was they gave me a friendship with Kelly, um, played by Vanessa Pett, who was just so lovely and wonderful, became a really good friend. And, um, and she was George's wife. And uh, so that was, uh, that was really nice for me as well. Not that we had a particular story, but there were just kind of incidents where we were allowed to slightly get up to hijinks together and, you know, have a bit of a gossip in the background and, you know, all of that. And that, uh, as I was saying earlier about being given different sides to play of a character, that it was that relationship with Kelly that allowed Fiona to show a different side of herself as well. So I really appreciated that. One thing I do remember is I was talking earlier about the Bruno thing, being the one who had to find Bruno dead in his basket. And what I remember about that was that for reasons I, I don't know, again, maybe because the real Bruno had kind of asked for too much money uh, and then didn't deign to come on and play dead for those scenes. They had to procure a sort of a, a taxidermy specimen of a boxer dog for those scenes. And it was just the most horrible thing. I remember the smell of it really vividly and just how horrible, horrible that was um, to have to do that and how foolish it felt as well. But apart from that, I don't remember. It was, it was always just good. There was always lots of, you know, mistakes and silly things happening but always so much good humor it was really it was really good fun um 
to be part of it. And everybody got on. It's such a cliche, but everybody got on. You know, there was a kind of family feel about it. The same crew came back every year. Everything was familiar. And it was uh, so it was all just, you know, generally good natured. And if things went wrong, no one minded too much unless, uh, you know, there were no, no real human lives were at risk during the filming of this series. <laughs> It's really good. Thank you so much. And I, yeah, good luck with the whole project. I just think it's such a great idea. Really fantastic. Yeah.